Welcome everyone to Class 1A. My name is Dylan and I'm joined by the wonderful Andrew and James and we got a special episode here today because Vigilantes is over. Finally over. We're happy, we're sad, we're nervous. We might even cry during this one. Um, but I'm taking over hosting from Andrew this week um, because we have a big roundup. And how are you boys feeling about it? Are you excited? I mean, for me, I'm as excited to talk about this as I am to have James back for a podcast and who knows how long. So a little bit of excitement on both sides. And I will admit, I think definitely towards the end, you two were very much on the Vigilantes hype the entire way. It kind of waned until those last couple chapters for me. So it definitely ended on a, a high point. So I'm excited to talk about the overall series, which I love so, so much. Mm -hmm. And you have a really good outline here of the last stuff to talk about. So I'm really excited. Yeah, no, hey, it's James, been... we got you back. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a like a little guest appearance after like I don't know it's been like what like a year like since I've been able to actually like record and stuff like that. I'm almost done training though, so that's sick. So I should be I'll be nice and situated soon and get back to uh, recording regularly. But yeah, no, I'm excited to talk about it. Like I, yeah, Dylan, you and I were definitely like the entire way. We're like vigilantes is sick. Vigilantes is sick. Uh, the last chapters were definitely like it was it was it was a bit of like a I wouldn't call it a slodge, but it was like. It like it was just like holy shit, this is this still going on? But it, no, they they wrapped it up really nicely. I'm excited to talk about it. Well, let's just jump right into it because we got a ton of stuff to talk about. So let's just go right into it. So vigilantes, the good and the bad. What did we like? What did we hate about it? I mean, I think the actually let's start on a positive note. Does anyone have a positive note? Because I think we all have the one universally agreed upon bad part of the series. All so before we dive into that. Is there any good things that you guys want to jump up before I jump into that? Is the there, characters. Is there yeah. any good things? Well, you know what I mean. Does he yeah, have prepared? We're going to sandwich it. How about this? Let's, yeah. let's yeah, sandwich let's it. Sandwich we'll it. we'll okay, give the yeah. good, we'll give the bad, and then we'll get back to some good. Right, I want to cool. start on the characters. I loved, I think, almost all the characters in the series. Like, every one of them were good in different ways, whether they were originals like Koichi and Pop and Knuckle Duster, um, all the way to, like, the side characters were really good. And then we got to see a bunch of just, like, the best of my hero. Like, we had Aizawa, we had Fakum. Like, all the characters are just so good. Um, I couldn't think of a character that showed up that I just absolutely hated. And I think if you look at the main series, like, I don't know, you can p easily pick, like, like, four characters that suck and you don't want on screen. But I've never yeah. felt like that for Vigilantes. I think that's a big thing. So it's, like, like uh, characters that are made to be hated, like, that's still effective, like, character development, right? Like, if you despise a character, that's still good because the character's playing their role. But that's just that none, none of these characters suck. None of these characters, I'm like, man, like, get, get, like, give me somebody else you know what i mean like I, it was never like that this entire series and i think that was a, i think that was a, like a really good thing it, and like these are characters that aren't like they're not all like they're not all like heroes they're not all villains you know what i mean like we had some just very like plain characters that like you know just civilians who are like also like sweet you know what i mean like the entire people who like ran the like the cafe and stuff like that like i loved all of them every time they got some screen time yeah the hoppers right the hoppers yeah exactly the hoppers are great well, for new people that are introduced, it was more civilians than heroes, really. Mm, I mean, yeah. we had yeah, the core three, Captain Celebrity, and maybe a couple like random like kind of street heroes, but there wasn't anyone else really new introduced beyond that. So we were only were introduced to four, let's say seven new heroes and villains, if you kind of include all that with quirks and stuff like that. Everyone else was a civilian, and we actually still care. So I agree. I think that is what made the series so unique, and it... The cast size felt perfect. So if you look at only new people, maybe what? Let's say 20 new characters that we actually kind of got a name for. Let's say somewhere kind of around there between um, the kind of the festival crew, the Hopper Cafe, between the new characters, um, street fighting, stuff like that. Like 20 to 25 new characters. 
which felt like a good amount. Because you got to think, I mean, that's the same size as Class 1A. So, like, in the main series, it is very kind of not bloated, but there are so many characters here. Here they said, nope, we're going to go in with a small cast. We're going to make you care about all of them. And they really, really pulled that off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with the main series, like, I'm always thinking, wow, I wish we could see more of this character or yep. this character doesn't show up enough. I want to see this character. But with uh, with Vigilantes, it just felt like everyone had screen time and it never felt like we were starved for any character. And if a character wasn't in a scene for very long, they had, like, really good reason and they always touched upon them. Like, I'm thinking about Pop when she was, like, in the hospital. Like, yeah, we wanted to see more Pop, but, like, they had flashbacks. They had scenes with her still. They had, like, the ethereal form. Like, they, they still, like, gave us all the characters at once almost. Yeah, you never, like, I mean, that was just it. You always had, a, like, a solid explanation. And then, like, even when, when those characters weren't getting screen time, the, like, more of, like, the, the back cast kind of came forward. Like, the festival crew and stuff like that. Like, those, like, there was this really nice balancing act between, like, not like not the main three and then everybody else like i thought they did that so well throughout the entire series that like it gave it gave even like the the sub characters like a lot of depth so that was that was great yeah and even gave him a chance to kind of touch base with them to wrap up the series which means mm -hmm. it's kind of like um i guess i don't want to spoil the ending of a different series but yeah like it, they you know that they actually care about the characters where they actually mention how a lot of them are doing in the final chapter like that they weren't just throwaway characters which i always appreciate so I want to sandwich it because I kind of have a transition into another good, but I want to sandwich it here. Just get it out of the way so we can yeah, just, just say talk it. about the good. Just say it, dude. The last, like, 30 chapters, what the hell was that? Why was there a 25-chapter fight in a series that was only 130 chapters long or however it ended up being? Like, I think it's a pacing issue that we've seen in the main series of My Hero Academia here, but it was even worse here because it was even slower paced with not much happening. Yeah, because I mean, like the, the pacing of the series, right, is it starts off and it's like not like a one shot. Or it literally did start with a one shot, but like the first couple chapters yeah. after that are kind of like, I don't want to say random, like Monsters of the Week kind of stuff, but it is very random. There's not like there's a little bit of a story going on, but like you don't you don't get the main plot thread. And I think about halfway through, you get like the actual thread and you're like, OK, we're along for the ride. And then right when it picks up steam, it's like, all right, here's the final fight. It's it's going to be a year um it's gonna and, yeah oh. yeah it's one uh, thing if it was weekly chapters too i think the bi-weekly chapters made it worse i think if you cut that amount of time in half it's a little more bearable but doing the bi-weekly even a couple i think there might have been like a couple breaks in there as well yeah, there was. it just it just dragged along way too long even though it has some really cool moments in it i don't want to take away from the final arc it had some really cool moments in it some good emotional beats but overall it just felt like Oh, three chapters in a row of Koichi running away against a different version of Seven. Like, cool? Yeah, I, yeah. I, think, I think the main issue with it, though, is that... So here's my conspiracy theory. My conspiracy theory is that Koichi is going to show up in the main series, and they were dragging it out because they want to try to line it up a little bit better. Um, I, I think if we figure out in the next month if it happens or not, like, it proves or disproves it, but that was always, like, my theory because... Uh, we know that Furuhashi and Horikoshi work pretty closely on this series. Uh, Furuhashi, like, was constantly asking questions about the main series. Horikoshi kind of helped him with the framework and the outline so that, like, things could match up. Like, if you look at, like, the ending of this series, um, it, like, pairs up really nicely with whatever's going on in the main series right now. So it's, like, it feels like there, it was leading towards something. And I just, I, I just hope that's the reason because then it would make a lot more sense. 
Yeah, because that's the big thing is that he's proven that he knows how to pace a fight already. Like, at, like so many other fights in this series, like he's already proven that like he knows how to like pace them with like even with the biweekly releases, right? So it like it did it did feel kind of forced for like some other reason towards the end. And that being said, though. I felt like maybe not every chapter of the final arc, but like every other chapter still had like a very meaningful moment in it. And I remember still getting like really excited about like various little like, you know, like one panels and stuff like that, where you're like, holy shit, this looks really cool. This, this looks gorgeous, you know, stuff like that. Right. So I don't want to like, even though I think the final arc is our biggest knock, it still had a lot of like a lot of good in it. Um, it was just, yeah, the pacing felt a little, it just didn't feel like the standard vigilante pacing. Right. Mm hmm. And I know you guys are kind of saying it's like a theory that Koichi will show up. I mean, I don't want to say it's confirmed, but one of the main characters from Vigilantes will show up in the main series. It's pretty much the last chapter said that. That Vigilantes will continue in the main story. Or whatever well, the kind of the last uh, slide was. Okay, so here's here's my like anti-copium with that one. So <laughs> what it could mean is that like the series happens before my hero. So it's like if you want more, like the story continue like the grander story of like what's going on with All for One continues in the main series so like i so that's that's my anti-copium so like there is a way to like brush that aside but like i do agree with you andrew like i i do think it's gonna happen i feel like that's a ballsy thing to say or like how they stated it without having something yeah it's like almost like a cop-out it's like oh it continues but like it's just like all for one you know what i mean it's not like any of these like brand new characters you were introduced to right like but i guess there are things that say that i mean that is true though dylan like um that i've seen like even in movie stuff like oh character return in this or like that is kind of a common saying at the end of a story of, yeah like, like hey the story will continue yeah, marvel, yeah, does marvel loves that so i guess just right. the one last good thing before yeah, we'll that i think can kind of go into our next point here there is they handled crossover characters from the main series amazingly and with oh, so it, yeah. much care especially aizawa but even everyone they really treated endeavor very nice, like you kind of get to see exactly what old Endeavor looked like before we started seeing the change. We saw the perfect Aizawa learning so much about his backstory. We got Midnight, like I loved all the characters that we kind of had from the crossover there. None of them overstayed their welcome. Aizawa was there the most and had his own dedicated kind of arc, which was a little bit weird, which we could talk about that later, but it was still so, so good. So that is the one last thing I wanted to admire the series that you always wore like, oh, Characters coming in from a different series, they're going to take it over. And All Might kind of did that towards the end of the final story. But the rest of the time, fantastic work of not over-focusing on heroes we already knew. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think it was absolutely necessary to the the, the My Hero series overall to have the uh, Aizawa Oboro flashback. Because yeah. like uh, for Horikoshi just like bulldozed right through that plot point. Um, and I feel like it really didn't have the same impact as it did after reading uh, Vigilantes, because I remember when it aired in the anime, like those scenes hit really hard because we have seen or like everything that happened in Vigilantes. Like, well, it was like at the exact same time. Like, we read the chapters like the month before, and then it aired on the anime, which was just kind of thing more perfect timing than anything. But yeah, I agree. It it definitely made those moments a lot more impactful. It made them gut wrenching, man. Like that whole uh, that whole arc just added so much, like so much, like. Def- like Izawa was already a very fleshed out character already but like man oh man like between him and Mike like it was just like Jesus like this 
there is so much tragedy with these two guys and it and it like and it like it reflects in the main series like this isn't something like horikoshi like didn't recognize and like 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 you know he and then you see it going forward with uh in the manga right like and how much that how much that fucks up aizawa right so i mean like it's it's really really well done right so and like not only not only aizawa too but like stendhal stendhal was like one of our mm-hmm. og like og arcs and it just shows the origin of stain so well like oh my god it was, yeah it was easily one of my favorite arcs for sure it was the I, stendhal arc. i wanted to see a little bit more out of that because i enjoyed it so much like it was such a yeah. cool plot point i was like i i need more of this but i i love those like like almost like filling in the gaps that horikoshi left right of like he's like fleshing out certain characters certain backstories i don't know i just i just really loved it because i think like especially as always it just brings his character together so well because like i mean think about him right like at this point like i i'm almost getting like choked up thinking about him but like he lost Oberell, right uh he finally like is getting older he loses midnight which is was a really good friend from high school the man is missing an eye he's given everything he can to these poor kids i wonder if he got sushi back after midnight died i hope he did he had to have gotten sushi back, yeah. right? Like, there's no way. I would, I would love. I wish, I wish that atten- that detail would have been paid attention to, like in the main series or or something. Like, just you know, just give us that, right? Mm-hmm. But I understand the separation. All right, so we went through some good, we went through some bad. Now let's just focus on some characters and quirks because we talked about that a little bit of the characters being really good. But what are some of your favorite characters and your favorite quirks from the series? I want to take it first. Okay, no quirks, on. all character. Knuckle wow. Duster. Knuckle Duster, yes! <laughs> like, that's... I mean, obviously he did have a quirk, and I love, like, and that's kind of the, what I love the most about him, is that we were introduced to him just as this old badass dude, kind of bring Koichi into the scene, but then as it developed, like, we see there's more depth to him than just be up the bad guy, kind of move on, learning about his past. He gets his little flashback arc to when he was a hero, seeing and learning more about how he was when he was kind of at his prime, and then... He kind of did go away there from the middle. I feel like they kind of, towards the end, left him in the dark a little bit, which is too bad because I think he was such a universally loved character. I don't know how he could have maybe been involved in some of it, which is probably why they kind of left him out. But I think it was a such a unique character for the My Hero Academia story because it kind of shows someone that what happens after you kind of lose your quirk and how people kind of recover from that, how you still can kind of be the hero, that be the hero mentality. And just very dark compared to anything we've really seen in my academia. And I think it was one of all three of us Yeah, in a main character with, like, this very, like, grim undertone the entire time, right? Like, he's, like, Knuckle Duster's got, like, a good heart, but, like, he like the delivery is not... Oh, and, he, is not and he's carrying around shotgun snipers. Like, every scene you've seen him, and he has a new gun on him, too. The amount of times yeah. he camped on a rooftop with a gun, like, that's not yeah. very My Hero Academia. But he <laughs> kept doing it, and I loved it. Yeah, that's just it. He was such a nice twist to like the the, the My Hero universe, right? Um, I'm gonna piggyback that, and I'm gonna go with both quirk and character, and it's it's Koichi. I think Koichi went from this very plain Jane character, very plain Jane quirk, and like just progressed into this like this character that you absolutely adore. You love how like kind of stunned he is all the time, but like his like he is like. He is a hero. Like he is absolutely a hero, despite that he, like you know, he was under the vigilante moniker. Like he's absolutely a hero, and his quirk is so cool. Like they took such a like, okay, yeah, you, you know, little force fields under your under your hands can slide across surfaces, and then it just kept developing into very believable things. All the progression that they made with that quirk 
like you can rationalize it for the most part, right? Like none of it, like none of it, like is like okay, that's a I gotta do mental gymnastics for that. You know what I mean? Like it was all, it was all just so good, man. Guichi was like great main character, absolutely great main character. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. I think I think like the three main characters, like I I love the most, right? In all their quirks, like Koichi, incredible character. He is like that that plain Jane, but like even when he gets all his like quirk upgrades. He, he he's still koichi he's still, still dumb koichi. he's still yeah. an idiot and, <laughs> and that's what i think makes him so great is that like he never really lost the core of who he was even though he kept developing as a hero um i loved pop pop was such a cool character and i like the fact that like she didn't get like this, these crazy quirks or like her quirk didn't go any like anywhere crazy like she was just an interesting character she was yeah. just a cool character with a story that really helped like I felt like she was a really good foil to Koichi in a lot of the scenes. Um, and I loved their dynamic together. And of course, Knuckle Duster, he's the GOAT, right? Like, I think yeah. he was really introduced as like this anti-All Might almost. Like, mm. he literally shows up and says, I am here. Uh, and I think that he played that moniker super, super well. Like, even when we got like the backstory, he kind of changed up his role to more mentor. But like, he always felt like that kind of anti or, or like rougher All Might. I, I love that so much about his character. But I think one of the coolest quirks they introduced was Makoto's lie detector quirk. I thought that was such a, it was so, one, it was so cool. And it built upon a character that already existed. Like Detective Tsukichi's sister having a quirk that's a lie detector. So incredibly cool. Uh, I, I, I love that so much. Yeah, it, it, it played right into the family dynamic too. Like it works so, so well. Mm -hmm. um, another character that really, really like, he, he kind of sucked me into like throughout it. Cause I thought he was like, oh, this guy's just a dick, but it, it's Soga. Like Soga, I think just like, not so much for his quirk because you don't really get to see a ton of it but i love that he's just like he recognizes a knuckle duster they kind of have like a similar background but like they they, they have this very like like almost like like broy father-son relationship where like so good like he's like i'm just not gonna let you die like i know you want to go into blaze of glory fuck you you're not doing it you know what i mean so good i don't know he and he just like he always cared just in his own way and I, I i really like that i think he had a very good place in the story because i think in, in like the vigilantes dynamic you need more characters more like knuckle duster than you do like koichi right like you need these characters that don't have like like um like un untarnished backgrounds you know what i mean petty crime stuff like that right like i th and i think soga kind of fits that like archetype very very well him yeah. and his little his little crew when you yeah, started really with sorry go on I was to say, I really wanted to see a lot more of Soga. Like, I liked him so much that, like, I, I really wanted that transition of, like, Knuckle Duster to fade out into Soga as, like, the mantle of Knuckle Duster to step in because, like, I felt like it was there, right? It was there. It was waiting for us, like, him hanging <laughs> around Pop in the hospital and stuff. Uh, I don't, like, I, I just wanted it so bad. What were you going to say, Andrew? And one quick character that I thought James was going to talk about when I said he's kind of a dick. Yeah, I'm a celebrity. I mean, oh, he's definitely a yes. character that grew on all of us. He was the absolute worst coming in, the most American of American heroes possible when he showed up. But I think he grew on all of us. I think just kind of the, again, almost another Superman kind of ripoff in a little bit different way of All Might um, that obviously, um, you know, Horikoshi and all that kind of love so much, the American comics. But he grew on me. I'm happy to see him kind of come back at the end after he left. I thought that was kind of going to be the last of them, but. Um, not too much to say about him. Just a character that definitely grew on me. I'm happy to kind of get that wrap up there. Yeah, and you, and you, really you like got to, too. yeah, and you got to see, like, you even got to see, like, his, like, what drove him and stuff like that too. To like, like the guy got the shit kicked out of him, even though he has this very, like, you know, like, I don't know, like, uh, facade going on. Like, 
you can tell like he genuinely cares he just puts on this image right and i like i like, dude did such a good job of just making all these characters feel very human no. do we want to talk about uh favorite arcs and chapters now like any any favorite arcs standout chapters ones that just like are, are like the best of the best of the series i mean i was kind of looking back at like the arcs and stuff like that and the sad part is all my favorite arcs and chapters are the flashback ones. I, I dude, same here, yeah. Like, like I love the overall story, but the ones that stand out to me and the ones that I feel like I'll I'd go back and read kind of again would be obviously Knuckle Duster's kind of backstory, the masquerade arc where we get Mirko as a high school student still. Um we get to see a little bit of all for one, we get to see early Nomu. Like I thought that was all super, super cool. Um and then two would be the Aizawa arc where we yeah. get to learn all about overall. I mean, obviously, days, yeah. we talked about a ton of those during the after chapter reviews, so I don't have much to say, but I just think the flashbacks, how they handled them, while still introducing new things or like kind of new aspects of characters like Mirko, um, I just loved, and they're handled so well, and they really stood out to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that chapter was also good, because, like, we got, uh, what, what is his name, Rap Rappa? Yeah, Rappa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 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 the little line, like, in, in like, the, the main series of, like, oh, yeah, he used to do, like, underground cage matches or something. And then, and then for Hashi, just like, I'm gonna, yep, run I'm gonna take that yoink. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like uh, another one that stands out for me is, of course, like Stendhal. Like the, it was a very, I, I thought Stendhal Stain arc was like very good of like introducing the story and introducing like what kind of characters you'd kind of expect. Um, and it also, I think, I think it really concreted in the uh, like the timeline too, like like pre Stain Stain kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like. On top of that, like seeing a lot of like, because I think the Stendhal arc is when we started to see a lot of Tensei too, mm -hmm. um, which was really cool. Um, and then honestly, like I know, I know we like I know our big gripe with this, this show, like the series was like you know the uh, Naruhata lockdown lockdown arc, but like I like just getting a conclusion between Koichi and Six, like I like the two of them had an absolute brawl, and it like it's really I I really like how Six went out. Like I like. I very much like that. That and I like. I mean, that is within that arc. That's chapter specifically. I think is what really like locked it in for me. It is like it wasn't this like I'm gonna I'm gonna take you with me sort of thing. It's like no, I'm gonna etch my legacy in you. Yeah. And then I'm and then like it was just like it was just such a nice change, right? I loved it. Yeah, I, I it was such a good send off. Like after just like them just like beating each other up for an entire year, I feel like that that was the way to end it. I, I mm. really feel like that was the way to end it. And like a lot like it dragged on but like looking back i loved every part of it like i, I like it, it dragged on but like all the parts were so good like the the parts of where they had like the um like the metaphorical like them it's kids like playing um but also like fighting at the same time like i, I just chills with those chapters they were just so incredibly good um the one uh the one i really really liked though was evil pop evil, because yeah, like evil. there there is this panel there is this panel of her and she's at this moment of where she's being manipulated by Six. Uh, she is currently, like, having, like, romantic, like, thrashing with Koichi because she doesn't think Koichi's reachable at this point. And she is also being affected by the bee. So all three of these factors are going on. And you, you see her, it, she's, like, in an apartment with all these windows. And she's like, if, if you're not going to love me, I'm going to, like, make you pay or whatever. And, like, in that moment, you're like, I don't know if this is pop talking or the B or like the, the influence of six, like, yeah. and it's, and it's gut wrenching, like absolutely gut wrenching. And I don't know. It, it's just so good. I really loved it. Yeah. yeah I absolutely. think if I had time to go like 
back and really look at every chapter. There's going to be a lot of really good moments in here. I know for me and James both, we talked about a lot of the flashback or kind of other character arcs, but Pop, Koichi, I think Nakurasa had some really good moments for early on that it's just been so long since we read them that I didn't remember them off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. Now, what about, uh, what about the future of Vigilante? So obviously we got that little message but like, what do we think is the future? Um, and we have like a little bit about like spinoffs and stuff. I want to kind of combine that in together of like, do you think we're going to get any sort of like spinoff of a spinoff? Do you think we're going to see any other series? What, what are you guys thinking? I want, I want one shots. I want one shots of like these, these very various dynamics and stuff like that. Like I want a one shot of Koichi and Captain Celebrity if we're not going to get them in the main series. You know what I mean? I like, I want the, like the America one shot. You know what I mean? Like, I, and I think that's all we need. I'd also really like a one-shot of, like, Knuckle Duster, pre-Knuckle Duster. I want a O'Clock one-shot. I know we got an arc, but, like, that was one very focused thing. But if we can just get, like, an overarching thing of, like, how Hero Society was during that time. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't exactly as fleshed out as it was now. Like, I mean, Knuckle Duster, like, gripes about it all the time, right? So I think having that, that would be really sick. And that's all I really want to see done with the series. That's it. Besides them being brought into the main series... That's it. That's, I think I think we you want, need to leave it as is. I didn't take my copium this morning. <laughs> I don't think we're going outside of a small reference in the main series. I think Vigilantes is done for. I don't think we're going to get an anime. I don't think we're going to get any one shots. I don't think we're going to get anything like that. Unfortunately, I mean, it'd be years. I don't think they will put out another My Hero Academia anime until after the main series ends. So if it's the yeah. case, we have years before that happens. So Vig I mean, if Vigilante comes out, I mean, great. I guess it comes out at that point, but we ain't getting anything in the near future. As much as I want it, as much as I love it, I do think the success of Vigilante sets up another spinoff for the universe at some point, but I do not think Vigilante exactly comes back besides maybe a mention in the main series. Yeah, I, I think, uh, honestly, it all depends on what happens in the next six months, I think, with the series. And what, yeah. what I mean by that is, if there is a reference to it, uh, undoubtedly, people who have not read Vigilantes will see and go, where is this character from, and might do it. If yeah. there is enough of a, a, a like a spike, I guess, in like sales of uh, like volumes of Vigilantes, I actually do really think that after the main series is over, we'll get animated then. Um, but it all depends on how much people kind of buy the series and consume it and what is the, like the lasting impact i know people who are reading it really love it but like all of us are kind of just big my hero fans anyway so yeah. we're like we're like we're like the subgroup of the big group right so as long as like we can keep feeding into this series which it's not airing anymore so it's like really hard to keep doing that but like if it if it keeps the critical acclaim like i think i think there is chance like in the future but like definitely nothing big soon i i definitely think we'll get spinoffs um a spinoff I really want to see is I want to see a villain one, like like not like grand one for all or or all for one villain or anything like that, but like low level criminal stuff. Mm -hmm. So like we got the vigilante of where they're heroes, but it's a little gray. What about if they're villains but a little bit gray? Uh, and I think they can do the same type of world building there. Yeah, yeah, I could see, I could see that. I, 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 I'd probably read that, especially especially if it's set around the same timeline too. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Like, oh no, I think this opens the door for. Just kind of spin off uh, discussion of the general. I think the success of um, Vigilantes means that you can do a lot more in the My Hero Academia universe. It has nothing really to do with heroes. It can be more ground level. It can be more small time villains and stuff like that. And people kind of 
care. Kind of like what they're finally doing with the Star Wars universe. They're just, hey, this is a cool universe. Let's blow it up and open up and do as many things as possible. I think this shows that if you have a good enough writer that it kind of stays true to the universe, you can tell a story about just about anything here. Hell, I'd even love like a more kind of business and like um, if like say Melissa Shield like started a new support company. Like I think that could have some really cool stuff, some guest mentions and stuff like that. Like there's so many little things like that that you can do that still could be interesting because you bring in the character, you show off quirks every couple of chapters, you talk about how hard it is to kind of manage um, quirk like when building new weapons and stuff like that. Like there's a lot of things you can do if you just stay true to the source material. And that's what vigilantes prove. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just want to jump over to questions now because uh, before this, we uh, we pulled everyone, all our listeners and watchers, uh, to get some questions for this one. Uh, so I have a couple here. Um, I'll give shout outs at the very end for folks who sent in because they sent in kind of uh, multiple questions. But let's just start off with the first one. So we touched on this a little bit, but what do we think of Koichi's growth over the series? It, I I think it was. I think you got enough growth with the character that he didn't feel stale but he also felt true to himself and then you saw the power scaling and his quirk evolve so you got like this very nice like synchronized like growth as a character overall that you never got like bored of him you know what i mean despite the fact again he's a very plain character koichi does not actually have like a like a shit ton of depth to him you know what i mean like he's a pretty he's a pretty average dude he's like a you know university dropout stuff like that right like i mean he's not really he's not really like he's very average and that's, mm-hmm. I think that's what made him so relatable. And uh, yeah, I was like, I think his, I think his growth throughout the series was like pretty well handled. Yeah. I, I think it was really well handled there too. I mean, it's kind of cool seeing like, this is what a main character, this is what it would look like in the main series. If Deku didn't get all for one, but instead had like Bakugo's quirk, like, Hey, every 30 chapters, we're just going to give him a new ability that kind of makes sense in the universe and kind of expand which I, I think that is just super cool. I think how they handled that is very well. Um, overall, with Koichi, though, kind of like Jim was saying, there was some emotional development there. He had to get over his idea of not wanting to be a hero and then being a hero. Like, he kind of struggled with that the whole kind of series, a little bit of the feelings, like, with Ko uh, Pop, but Koichi didn't really struggle too much internally a lot of the times the series. And I think from a quirk, a power-up standpoint, such a cool development. But I really think emotional that he kind of ended the series the same way he began the series which i I think it kind of depends on the people i would love to see a little bit more emotional death and probably ignoring a couple of kind of big developments he had throughout the series but um i don't know i give it like an eight out of ten for character development i would have loved a little bit more emotional kind of stuff on that side that maybe i'm just blinking on but he just see i'm actually in the opposite boat of you i think really i actually like the fact that he didn't emotionally change at all because like i i felt like the the thesis of koichi right is that like he is average he is literally a nobody and that is what's so scary about this is that like yeah like you don't have to be special to like rise to the occasion i really thought that was like hammered home like in the very last chapter with all for one of being like i i have sunk like tons of research and development i i I, there is no reason why he's like this and like he very explicitly he's like this is the one thing i don't want to happen is if other people act like him there's no way i can win and I thought that's the, I think, like, the the seal on that, like, non-character growth that, like, really hammered home, like, why this was important for him to not really change. Uh, and the only thing about him that really changed was, like, he did have a, a small, like, personal development. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, the big thing, obviously, was his quirk. I wish the pacing of his quirk stuff was, like, spread out a little bit. Like, I, I really would like to see the fact that, like, his quirk was kind of held back by his parents, like, teased a little bit earlier on. 
Yeah. Um, I felt I felt like it could have like led to like I, I don't want to say like a training arc or anything, but like a little bit more development. And we had that when we had the time skip, we could have gotten like something a little bit more meaningful with this quirk change of where it's like, okay, well, now it makes sense that he could like fly and stuff like that and you can use it because you know he's been practicing for you know however long that's true um, we got his flying yeah. step and his parent backstory and like back-to-back chapters is yeah, that like there, there was there's no difference between that yeah like oh yeah <laughs> he was held back so much as a child he can now fly like that's really what the back-to-back <laughs> chapters were but I, that yeah. is actually a really good point to kind of bring up there that i agree would have made it a little bit more but outside of that i feel like after we had that first kind of breakthrough his pacing didn't feel that bad yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I I wish like um with uh Captain Celebrity and Tokyo Sky Egg, I wish we would have had like a moment of where he's like, oh wow, Captain Celebrity uses his quirk like that. Mine's like kind of similar. <laughs> I wonder, like I wonder dot dot dot, because like all of us, like all the fans, like we we're like, they're they have the same quirk. Like what if Koichi did this? And then <laughs> yeah. of course you know like thirty chapters later, he finally it finally clicked for him. But yeah. Uh, okay. Next question. What about the all three of the main characters, the the main vigilantes surviving at the end? Okay, so I, I actually like I I like hyper focused on this one because I like I'm always I'm always very I'm very touchy on like I like character death and how you handle it and stuff like that. The only I think there's only two characters I think it makes sense that could have died. I think Koichi or Knuckle Duster going is like the only real way that you handle it. I once Pop gets to a hospital that's it that, like that like because you're never you're not going to kill a character off that like goes in and out of stability and then dies off you you don't do that you know what i mean like i don't think that's just how the pacing was going koichi dying because of six sure knuckle duster dying because he you know did like felt like he fulfilled his life and stuff like that and soga wasn't there soga just didn't make it in time those two would have worked but i think it's fine how we how they left it knuckle duster basically staying that very like ground level you know like he like he literally ends how he comes in like he literally the the final panel is him saying i am here you know what i mean doing the exact same bullshit he was doing prior that's fine i think that's totally okay and koichi going off to you know work with captain celebrity and you know dealing with legal battles and stuff like that that's also i think totally totally fine and uh pop just basically still being pop you know what i mean it kind of like I don't know. I wish they would have done more with Pop because they basically use her as an anchor for all the other characters and what they're doing in the future. But yeah, I th- I'm I'm totally okay with it. Yeah, I'm fine with it too because no one got a complete happy ending. I mean, Koichi at the end can't really go back to his home in Japan and isn't with Pop. He has all these legal fees. Knuckle Duster, I guess he's he probably got the happy setting out of everything. He's injured, but he's still doing what he wants. And Pop is still recovering, and a lot of her friends have kind of left her, and she's been left behind by Koichi. So, I mean, no one really got a happy ending, which kind of helps with the idea of none of them dying. But, I mean, this just goes to... I mean, I guess we've seen people die in My Hero Academia, the main series, but this just really goes to show that a main, main character will never die in the My Hero Academia universe. I think that's what this series proved. Like, if you can't Mm -hmm. kill off Knuckle Duster, like, what's the chance of Bakugo, Todoroki anyone like that ever dying like maybe all my because yeah, he's no, kind of no fallen off to the side but like yeah. a core character that is like in the top 10 of popularity polls like they're never gonna die like that's what this chapter proves here um so i that was just a little bit too bad because that kind of takes away some of the suspense and maybe maybe they could prove us wrong because they want to save those big emotional moments from the main series but 
that's the only downside about all three of them surviving, but I don't have beef with it. I don't think it takes away from the story, yeah. but it could have added to the story at some point if it was done well. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And like with the main series, they blatantly told us All Might is going to die. I've seen the future sure. All Might is going to die. Like they, they have painted it um, like his his like second death, you know, because I think Camino is really his first one. Like I think they painted his second one. Even then, even though they blatantly said All Might is going to die, I don't believe it. I literally don't believe it because I, they're not going to kill off a main character. And I wish they would have here. Um, I think Koichi has to survive. I think that totally makes sense. I think Pop has to survive. I think it would be like, it would be a really feels bad if they just killed her after like all the, all that. Um, yeah. I think Knuckle Duster should have died. Um, I actually really, uh, I feel like they played into the fan ideas of Knuckle Duster at the end. And I wish they didn't. Um, I, I, I wish, sometimes I wish that uh, authors were braver. And they were willing to do those things because we had a, I wouldn't say we had a bittersweet ending. I would say we had a neutral ending. I yeah. wanted the bittersweet ending. I wanted Koichi to have to like go to America and like be writing pop or whatever. And then be like, you know, maybe one day we'll get back together, you know, when, you know, I don't have all these legal fees. But I wanted Knuckle Duster in that moment to just die because like it, it paints him as this tragic person because like he is a former top hero who had his quirk taken away. And it, there, there's like such good analogies to like drug abuse and alcoholism because he turns to vigilantism like he would turn to drugs after that. He ignores yep. his family. He goes to the streets. And because of that, his family suffers. And it's like, I, I either wanted like a conclusion with him and his daughter, like something like, hey, that was all messed up. Maybe we can be a family again. And that happened. Or like, a, wow, I never, I, I wish I would have reconnected with my family and then death and then Soga kind of taking up that mantle. I think that would have been a sadder ending, but I think it would have been more impactful. Like that would have been the bittersweet ending. I think that really would have made the series like elevated. I didn't like this kind of leaving it on like the, like being very cyclical of like, all right, well, yeah, I guess Knuckle Duster can show up at any time now. Um, he never really learned his lesson, like, yeah. or anything. Like he's still just doing the vigilante thing, but um, I, I, I definitely don't think it's an awful ending because of it. Yeah, and I think I think like I think they used Knuckle Duster as like a, as like a a thing to show that like vigilantism, vigil, yeah, vigilantism still has it's like its place in the My Hero universe. But like again, I think it could have been done with Soga. Soga could have been the new the new person for that, right? And on it, like the, the messed up part is is that they had the perfect chance to kill off both Knuckle Duster and Pop in that vision where like like basically where like koichi's hearing both of them and then they both disappear and i'm like holy shit they're both dead i like, thought they both out. died there too <laughs> they're both dead they're gonna kill off everybody in this series like it's just gonna be a mess and it didn't happen right so like i agree it is neutral and it's safe and yeah it probably would have been more impactful if and we had... thought knuckle duster was dead for like 40 <laughs> chapters too like he yeah, disappeared he was... and then didn't come back to the last 15 chapters. So <laughs> he could have just never came back. He didn't really do much in the last ending chapter. It's just so that we could have him back. He's really the only reason he came back. So with, yeah, with the sniper rival. Which I always appreciate when you just get the like Koichi's fighting someone and all of a sudden you get the next panel. It's just <laughs> knuckle duster on the roof with the gun. It's just such it's just so weird. But I love it. Yeah. All right. What do you got next, John? Yeah. So Vigilantes focuses a lot on the edges of hero society. And I want to know what is like the most interesting detail that came up in this? The legality. I think the legality is the most interesting part of this because they didn't, they didn't like, they didn't like try and brush over it. They like dove in. Like the early chapters were so, like, so heavy with like, like with, um, what's it, what's his face's sister, like explaining 
how vigilanteism like works and how it's affected hero society and everything like that like they didn't they didn't really like hold back right like and now of course it's been like years since i've like i've read those chapters right but like they didn't like it's all been fleshed out they they gave very reasonable answers for it and it works within the my hero universe right so i think that was one of the coolest things about it is that they mm -hmm. just didn't they just didn't make it this thing and that was it i learned that heroes don't give a shit about the law as long as you're helping the good guy that's pretty much what it is they helped yeah. koichi the entire time i mean the amount of laws koichi broke i mean by every time i zao let him go the amount of laws i zao broke like Really, as long as you're a good guy, heroes don't give a shit. And this was before, like, everything that's happening in the main series where every man has to be on board, you all have to work together. Like, no, this was just normal times. All Might was still around. And it's like, no, yeah. we can just let this dude work with five different heroes throughout the series, none of which are really stopping him. More of them actually teaching him more stuff. Like, as long as you're a good guy, you are encouraged. For a little bit, yeah. Yeah, like Tensei was like, yeah, no, we kind of got the same thing going on, dude. Come, come over. And Tensei wanted him to come work with them. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm just gonna ignore all the bad stuff you've done. Just come work for me. Like, obviously, that's myth. You have to kind of do that. They're bringing the new characters. It's yeah. it's it's plot armor. But I, I really do think that a lot of years probably think like that in the universe. I'm like, yeah, they're a good guy though. So like, I don't care. I kind of look past it. And I think that's kind of part of like the hero society probably people like issue that people probably talk about like in the main series right now. But um. It, it was needed for this series, but I did enjoy it. Well, we, we do find there's a lot of, like, looking the other way, because, like, technically, nobody is supposed to use their quirk if they don't have a license. Yeah. Like, yeah. nobody, which, you know, like, how are you going to stop an entire populace from using something that they can just turn on at an instant, right? Uh, like, like we see, like, Deku's mom all the time just, like, levitating stuff, which technically is breaking the law, but, like, you know, no one's going to say anything. Like, everyone just kind of looks the other way, and I think hero society here is corrupt but like it's not always like bad corruption it's just like kind of like bending the rules yeah it's lax right like it's very it's very lax and like especially it's it's basically like you can use your quirk for pretty much anything until you start using it for bad shit and then that's it <laughs> yeah. no i i think the thing i liked the most was the heteromorphs um i thought that was super interesting because in the main series we get this scene sure. during uh my my villain academia of where the mansion that they take over is actually a mansion held by heteromorphic racists uh and they show up and they're all in this garb and they just murder all of them which one based incredibly based murder yeah, racist. Yeah. um but it's cool because like we, they, they say that they're like oh yeah we just like took it over because of these uh, you know random racists and they they point out like I, spinner is talking about this and it's like kind of actually impactful and i really liked it and they just cut it from the the anime and i i didn't like that i didn't like that they just completely cut it out because that's an interesting part about hero society of like there's now this new level of like racism because pe people have quirks that turn them into like different types of beings. And I felt like my hero touched upon that. And like a lot of series, like especially like older comics talk about like blatant racism or like, like direct racism, like people like directly discriminating, but this gets into a zone of where they get almost systematic about it or where they mm -hmm. talk about like, yeah, you know, like we have to ha open up a shop, like, you know, in in like this this bad part of the town for heteromorphs because like we're not allowed like wait some of us physically can't fit inside regular cafes so we have to open up this special thing and i thought that was so interesting mm. because it's like it's such an obvious it's an obvious thing that's sitting right in front of us and they never talk about it in the main series especially the anime and i'm glad that furuhashi like at least talked about it and like fleshed it out a little bit and he painted a lot like because like we don't get a lot of like interesting heteromorph characters like the, the most interesting one i think we get is spinner and he's like a villain and they they cut out all of that part they cut out yeah. all the stuff with him so 
I'm glad we get like the Hoppers Cafe and we get to learn about them and like learn about like what, yeah, like it, it's important. We build big doors, uh, you know, so we can like <laughs> actually walk into these places because I think that's just like an interesting like plot point in this hero society that we never get to. And the other thing is too, is like, if you look at the main cast as far as, far as like the good characters and stuff like that, there isn't one. There isn't yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. Mirko's probably the closest. No, Tokoyami. What are we talking, guys? Talk to oh, Tokoyami. Yeah, yeah, Tokoyami. Oh, yeah, Tokoyami. What are we doing? What are we doing? Like, but he's still like, I don't know. Tokoyami's he has like, a falcon a for a head. But he's only got the dome. That's it. Like, he, like it's, it, it's not, he's not like a whole body thing. You know what I mean? Where all these other characters. Have we like, ever seen the rest of his body? Yes. No, yeah. yeah. He's, like, he's, he's, an, he has a, he's just like a human body. Oh, he's a dude. But, he's a dude. But, but, like, but the thing is, is they're, they're, they're like held up because they are strong quirk users. We don't just see normal people like poppers. Yeah. Because yeah, the like, there's there yeah. such good characters for that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I guess like the cat detective is probably like the closest one of where they're a good guy, but we don't know anything about them. We don't know their name if they even have a name. But that's like the only normal heteromorph we see on the good side. The dog um, mayor, I guess. Dog right? mayor, too. Yep. Yeah. But like also, those are played up for laughs, too, right? Of like yeah. the, 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 cat like police, the cat police literally has like a, a like a like a bell, right? Well, you, you got like you got like who is it? Hound dog, too? Like the like the teacher? Like, he's not a heteromower, though. He's just weird. He has a little yeah, bit of a just, long just, face. Yeah, he just he just barks at people, though. Just... <laughs> yeah. So no, but I think that was like I think there was an entire basically arc about all that, and that was that was really well done. Yeah. Yeah. So next one, what makes Vigilantes feel like a proper My Hero story? Because like, what like what what is the essence of it? Even when we have Deku completely out of it, like what makes this feel like a My Hero story? Stumped on this one. Like, I think I touched on this a little bit earlier. It is strong character development and treating quirks like they actually match with the people, kind of like what Horikoshi does. Horikoshi can pick a power and develop an entire character around it, and that's what Vigilantes did so well here. Every time you introduce someone with a new quirk, like Makoto with her lie detector, like they're all treated well, they were all thought out. They took very simple concepts and turned them into something very unique. And I think the care, how they handle the characters is the only thing that matters. As long as there is quirks and well-developed characters, it could be a My Hero Academia series, no matter what else is happening. I think that's kind of where My Hero Academia shines is the fights are great and all that, but it's the amazing characters that I fell in love with My Hero Academia for. And that's really where Vigilante shined. And I think that's why it's a big crossover between the two. See, I thought it was more for the the themes. What you said, like, totally makes sense, like, looking back and thinking about it. But I also think the themes and the central themes of the stories being so intertwined into each other. Because, like, for Vigilante, because Deku's constantly figuring out what does it mean to be a hero, right? He starts off quirkless. He gets a quirk. He's trying to figure out what it means to be a hero. And... We, we get that through Koichi as well, except Koichi kind of is, he has it like almost innately figured out. And, but, but we talk about it a ton. And I, I think that what's, that, that really drives it home because Vigilantes kind of calls out like, what does it mean to be a hero? Because obviously it's not the license. It's not the quirk. And I yeah. think like, if anything, I think Koichi is a better Deku than Deku in telling that story. Because like, because Koichi really is what Deku should have been, right? Of like, he's someone with a quirk that like, it's not great. And it's explicitly not a good quirk. He just worked on it and he honed it. And like, yeah, he doesn't have a license, but he he's like, it doesn't mean he's not a hero. Like he still wants to save his community. He still wants to put himself out there. And I think like that really kind of drives it home. And the thing that like actually like uh, I think really sets it apart is I don't, I actually don't think they ever say these words, 
don't ever think they say these words, but you can instantly insert it into like so many different chapters plus ultra. They never yeah. say like, like, you know, plus ultra, or they don't yell it out, but like you, you could see it. Like, like if you look at some of these panels, you're like, I, I would put the words right here. Uh, like, like clearly I would put the words right here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like it, it really is like, Oh yeah. I think it like, I think it really hammers us home is that like, it's just like what like being a hero is. And I think, yeah, Koichi is just like so more naturally ingrained with it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, I think it's nice to see it happen naturally by having this, you know, this kid try and like bumble through it and figure out like what it means. You have a guy who's just like driven to like help, you know what I mean? And maybe that, maybe that makes him more plain because there isn't that discovery and stuff like that. But like he, he just does it and he does it like, like uh, almost like on like a reflex. Right. So mm-hmm. he's a good dude. He's a good guy. I encourage both of you to read the school briefs. If you haven't already, I gotta, I gotta do it. I gotta do it, man. Because those are stories in the My universe with characters that we already know given where nothing happens except just character development and small uses of quirks. And I really think that'll kind of show like, Hey, this is how my hero academia story can happen without this is what it means to be a hero. There is a story about them going to an amusement park. Like it's stuff kind of like that or them at the hot springs and stuff like that. And just talking and kind of going through little adventures there. So I, I definitely agree with Dota. I'm not taking away from what it is, but those are 200, 300 page novels about nothing happening, but they still are so my hero academia that I really think that the focus is it's the characters and treating quirks well. So for, that's for you guys and for anyone listening to that. I still highly recommend those. If you're just looking to kill some time, you're going on a plane ride. Like I have a plane ride next week. I'm absolutely reading the newest one. I haven't read it yet. Cause it's just a good thing to burn time. And it still feels very my hero academia. All right. And now, you know, it is time for the grand finale because it would not be a class one, a podcast with all three of the boys without a plus ultra award. Now this is some big stakes, boys. Big, big, big stakes. This is for the entire Vigilante series. So the question is, who went the most plus ultra in My Hero Academia Vigilantes? I'm not certain. James, you have to start. No, no, James, you have to start. You've been gone for a year. You've had like a year to think about your next plus ultra (laughs) pick. I know who you're gonna choose. Just say it. It's it's Koichi, man. It is 100% Koichi. Like, there's no, there's no, like, in, like, in so many parts of me is like, I want to pick Knuckle Duster. I want to pick Knuckle Duster really bad. But like, it is Koichi. Like, I mean, he he like he did it, man. Like, he did the plus ultra. Like, that was that was him throughout this entire series. Even when he wasn't there, he was still always like trying to do the good thing. He was always trying to go plus ultra, and he did with like with Dylan said. He never said the friggin' words. He never said them once. But he did it. He did it a bunch. So yeah, we're gonna give. I'm gonna give it to Koichi. It has honorable to go. Men- cool. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just gonna say honorable. Honorable mention was Knuckle Duster for sure. But sorry, I just wanted to jump on right away before Dylan says some dumb shit because I just have a feeling something over there is just stewing <laughs> in him that he's just gonna try to ruin this for everyone involved. Because I strongly believe that all three of us could give like a two minute pitch on why it's Koichi without reusing the same points. I think that's obviously being the main character and it's saying a lot for you two both are probably going to pick the main character of a series when you absolutely hate the main character in the main series um so that that, that is saying something at least for james i don't know about dylan but yeah he was amazing we've talked to, to death about how good of a character he is and no one else deserves it mm-hmm. now let me tell you how much i love compass kid 
Who? Okay. You're the guy who points. The, the guy, guy who points. points at six kills, and we find out six is bad because of that. Come on, man. Compass yeah. game is cool. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I think actually, I really struggled with this. I really struggled between Knuckle Duster and Koichi because, like, okay, on, I'm, on I'm one glad. hand, like Knuckle Duster, right? Like, the man doesn't have a quirk at all, and he is going up against someone who can basically stop time. And he still like eked out like like a win like twice like one when they went one on one and he was able to escape and then the second time being on the roof and being able to like hurt him enough so Koichi could get in that is like I, that is insane that is literally that that is like a regular ass man going up against the Flash and getting hits off do you know how crazy that is do you know how so else could do that Batman. I, honestly, kind yeah. of, yeah. You know what? Yeah, <laughs> but like, I, but like, Knuckle Duster, like, it was his quirk, right? That was the, that was the other thing. Yeah. That was like, it's, it's like learning how to defeat yourself. Yeah, yeah. and he, and like, and that, uh, but I also that plays into Knuckle Duster's hand because that shows how good of an understanding he had with his own quirk. He knew exactly oh, the pitfalls of it and how good it was that he used it against Six's like disadvantage, and just like he also did like blow himself up on a roof or like he like collapsed a building on himself. But I mean, like. We won't we won't talk about that, but like it, it, I agree, I agree. Like Knuckle Duster is definitely like in the order. It's Koichi for sure, and then Knuckle Duster is yep. like right there, and you're like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Obviously, like it is super close, but Koichi takes it. Obviously, yeah, Koichi takes yeah, it. Like, and, and Andrew, you're so right. We could say it for all the different reasons, and like it's because he rises to the occasion, right? Like the the last the last panel with All for One, where he went, there is nothing special about this guy except yeah. that he rises to the occasion, like. I I I I don't know. Like it like it paint like looking back, it just paints everything so well. Like I I, I firmly believe, um, and I'm I'm gonna pick up all the the volumes like physically pretty soon. But I fully believe a full read through after you go through the series, it's gonna be like twice as good. Um, it's like the pacing is gonna make a lot more sense because they're in volumes. You can just read them all at once. You have new context on Koichi and Pop and all these characters, and he's just Koichi's too good. He's too good. Um. Like he literally, he literally has all for one being the meme of like I fear no man, but that thing terrifies me. Pretty and much. Like, like that's like and like that's the craziest part is that the like one of the biggest character developments for Koichi is said by the main villain, the main villain. Like that, like that, that's pretty sick. That's yeah. pretty damn sick. Like like the 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 scene of where um uh six and Koichi are fighting and like there's a realization of like oh there's something about Koichi and like you see him in that like big form or whatever, like, like standing behind six, like he's like giant or whatever. He's like, this is like a, this is an actual monster. And oh, that, that was, I, I, and I think it's so perfect because you paint that and you go, oh, wow. Like, does that mean like he has like a special, like some special thing going on? And then it's solidified of like, nope, he, no, nope, not at all. Dude, just the dude. Yeah. So, wow. I, I, that's actually, I think a first in a really long time of us just all universally agreeing on someone. Um, yeah. Usually we're pretty against. I know. I know. Last season in My Hero, um, we had a lot of pairing ups together, but like we definitely did fight on a lot of them. Uh, definitely a surprise on this, but now's the time. Any any last thoughts? Anything before we wrap up Vigilantes as a series? I'm gonna reread it. I'm gonna reread it now that I can like pace it myself, and that's it. But like, yeah, I'm absolutely gonna reread it. Mm-hmm. nothing besides what a fucking ride and i'm sad it's over yeah uh it was it was so good we've been following the series for like two years now um like a year and a half almost two years and it's just been so good um it is so incredibly good i 
I highly encourage everyone to tell someone that they know to read it, tell someone to buy volume one, buy, buy 18 copies of volume one, just give them out to random people on the streets. They're going to think you're crazy, but you'll go, have you heard the good word about Knuckle Duster and Kalichi? Uh, and you can give it to them. But <laughs> Christ. But seriously, thank you all so much for tuning in, whether you're listening or watching. Uh, even though Vigilantes is over, we are still going strong here at Class 1A. Uh, you can catch the My Hero Manga recaps every single week on podcast platforms and here on YouTube at Class 1A. We're also on Twitter at Class 1A Pod. Uh, the anime for My Hero is starting up pretty soon in the fall, and obviously we're going to be covering every single episode. We're going to be doing uh, breakdowns of all of those, doing plus ultra awards just like normal. Um, but if you can't get enough of us and you just want more absolutely more we also do demon slayer chronicles which you can find by that name on podcast or right here on youtube at class 1a where we're going through the entertainment uh district arc right now uh, it's really good it's really good demon slayer rules and if you like my hero you'll probably like demon slayer so check that out but with all that said thank you so much for watching and we'll see you next class